Welcome to Unboxing Fulfillment, the modern B2C fulfillment podcast. I'm your host, Chad Rosecca, and in this episode, I'm joined by Tracy Springsteen, founder and CEO of Pacific Business Group. Tracy, it's good to see you this morning. Well, it's great to see you. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, thank you. So I think, as you know, this podcast is really targeted at fulfillment professionals who are just really looking to get some practical advice that they can use and implement in their everyday business. And so I'm really excited to get into some of the topics for the audience today. But before we jump into it, I think uh, our audience would love just to, to get to know a little bit about yourself first and about your company. Sure. So I'm the founder and CEO of Pacific Business Group, which is a very small consulting group. We focus on all facets of business operations for companies in the early startup phase to the hyper growth mode. And we kind of come in and do anything from ERP implementations to sales order process evaluations to helping with projects like outsourcing to 3PLs and fulfillment analysis and things like that. Well, this will be useful here in the conversation and probably a good question to maybe lead off with is so in your experience, I'm sure you've had plenty of uh, examples of companies that have worked with you in the process of making a decision to outsource their 3PL. Mm -hmm. You know, when is it a good time? Do you typically, you know, advise your clients? When is it a good time for them to move from insourcing to outsourcing? Yeah, great question. As with many things, that journey is always different business to business. But what I usually like to tell people is young entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs, people who have great business ideas are usually very good at very specific things. They maybe have created a great product, they've got a great service, they've got whatever. And when trying to fulfill your orders becomes a distraction to your business and you're not able to focus on the areas that you really do well, whether that's marketing or development or whatever it is. That's the time that you really need to consider moving the business operations, specifically order fulfillment to a partner where let them as the experts come in and take that noise off your plate so that you can continue to drive your business forward and focus on the areas that are most important, like driving revenue. Do you think a lot of customers just totally think that they are capable of managing the complexities themselves? Like when's the break point? When do you think they kind of are like, yeah, this stuff's pretty hard and we need to reach out to a consultant or reach out to a third party? When do you find that that's the, the cycle in which they realize they, they need help? Yeah. Again, I think it's very different. We've had some people, you know, in the very early stages who've just admitted that they just don't know anything about e-commerce or shipping orders or that kind of thing. They maybe have a great product and just don't know where to go next. In most cases, it's, you know, when your order volume starts to pick up enough such that 
it becomes a distraction to your business and you're spending your time trying to figure out how to put the orders together. I do find in almost all businesses that people do underestimate the complexity of order fulfillment. You know, the the thought process is it's just putting a widget in a box and slapping a light label on the box and out it goes. Right. And, and, you know, yeah, in the highest level, that's what it is, but there's so much more to fulfillment and order processing and, And aside from all of just the boxes and the supplies that you need and the softwares that you need, there's all the inventory management systems that you need and the right people at the right time. And of course, when you ship a product to a customer, this is your chance to make a you know, especially if it's their first order, it's a chance to make yeah. the best first impression. You want to put your best foot forward. And, you know, when you're, you're rushing or you've got people who literally are just throwing a widget on a box and not taking the time to do some things that, that should happen well, you know, it can become costly. What aspect within fulfillment, I know there's many that you just mentioned, but is there one aspect over another that you think shippers really depend the most on consulting in the 3PL services? Is it literally the the, the picking, packing, the, the, the parcel? Like what particular aspect do you think most shippers benefit the most when they kind of sit back that they can't do on their own? I know it's all, of course. It's all of it. Yeah, 100%. Is it just the whole, the, the whole process itself mm-hmm. that they can't put together? It's not that they can't. It's just they, they know a little bit about each piece, but they're not experts at all of it. And so I think partnering with a really solid 3PL company who they have the experts internally to help with inventory management. And if you find the right from inventory management to how you actually put your orders in the box, what type of dunnage is the right dunnage to protect your product during shipping? And then what carriers that you you partner with and and how you can take advantage of potentially the 3PLs relationships that they have. They are the experts in all of these areas and to have them on your side and on your team, I think the most critical part in evaluating a 3PL in A, they're going to bring all their experts to the table. But if you have a a good team, they're going to think of themselves as an extension of your brand. And when that happens and they put the care and the trust in each package and order that goes out that you would, it makes a huge difference. And, you know, aside from the cost savings uh, and efficiencies, they're going to bring ideas and things to the table that, you know, most entrepreneurs never even thought of. Yeah. And I I think scaling is the other maybe aspect where even if they could do it or wanted to do it rather today, it's the future state, you know, of what we offer the 3PLs and the consultants that help organizations and brands really just scale. Do you have any good stories of where you've helped, you know, an organization scale that they may not have been quite enabled on their own to do so? Yeah, I think, you know, in in any type of scaling, we've had a couple of clients who were already in that hyper growth mode and the 3PLs that they were using were not truly experts in the 3PL category. They were parts of a bigger conglomerate. And again, because a lot of these big companies that are getting into the 3PL space, 
it's that whole mindset of it's just putting a widget in a box and certainly anything, anyone can do it. And that they weren't prepared to take on a, the, the volumes that were going to come along with, you know, the added marketing activities that the company was going to invest in. Right. And also in this particular company that we worked with, they were driving growth in their retail space and retail partners and e-commerce partners or e-commerce sales are quite different. And the 3PL that they were using at the time was, was absolutely not uh, real familiar with all of the added complexities and requirements that a lot of these national retailers like Amazons and Walmarts and Targets bring to the table. And so that was in our particular case, we did partner with Amware and the team that you guys had and, and, and assembled spent an awful lot of time making sure that all those customer requirements were understood and documented and everyone was very clear on them. And that allows that business partnership to continue to thrive because those retailers, they just don't play. You make mistakes on the first viewer, you're done. If Tracy, if I were a brand who just engaged with a 3PL and, and outsourced, what would you tell me to watch out for or how to better manage a 3PL relationship? So in other words, I guess th- there's a lot of mistakes that brands make when they do finally engage a 3PL. What are some of those mistakes that they, you know, whether it's communication or not setting expectations clearly up front or, or not providing information, what, what are kind of some of the the pain points once you do engage a 3PL to watch out to make sure that you would, you know, advise me not to, to make. Sure. Well, I think you hit on the key ones, you know, in my experience where I've seen the relationships and the most challenges exist is when there's not enough communication. So I think you need to be proactively communicating with your 3PL at a minimum on a weekly basis. If you're just transitioning, my experience, our, our best rollouts and our best transitions have you know, we had daily meetings with the teams to make sure that everything was going well. And sometimes those meetings were two minutes, just checking in, everything's good, and you get on about your day. And some of those meetings obviously took up the full 30 minutes or whatever is needed. But on an ongoing basis, I always recommend and, and implement at least a weekly check-in with the teams. You know, it's a great opportunity to not only just make sure that everything's going as Hopefully everything's going well and the conversation goes quickly and easily. But, you know, there's things that you forget when you're a small company. And again, you're wearing hats, you're running a million miles an hour. There might be a huge promotion that the marketing team is planning and you forgot to tell your 3PL. And it's an opportunity to make sure that you share that information because not only is your order volume likely going to increase or hopefully increase, but if it's a specific product, your 3PL might be able to take some of those SKUs down from, you know, know, the pallets and put them in the quick pick bins and ensure that your orders get out a little bit faster and and that kind of thing. So that back and forth and that proactive sharing of information is critical. And let's not forget, it's always an opportunity to say thank you because the folks at the 3PL, you want them to feel like they are an extension of your brand. You want them to feel like they're part of your team and they're working hard for you. And any opportunity to show gratitude really goes a long way. I know you're a big promoter of just internal alignment, and I'm curious to get your thoughts. Why are departments just not aligned? Like what causes that and where do you see an opportunity to, to get better aligned? Because even, even the best relationships that get formed 
you know, in 3PL engagements that you just talked to, sometimes just one department may be very, very aligned, but the other isn't. And so there's still a breakdown. What causes the, you know, the misalignment and why is it so important? Do you think not just for the one business unit, but all of them to be totally connected? Yeah. I, if I could solve that, Chad, you know, <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't have a podcast. We'd be sitting on a beach yeah, somewhere. We have yeah. A podcast to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is with a lot of companies, especially startups that are in hyper growth mode and that kind of thing, people are just moving quickly. And to be a successful startup, you know, you're moving in a lot of different directions sometimes and under resourced because finding good people is hard. And when you're in hyper, hyper growth mode, it's hard to bring in enough people sometimes to satisfy that. But even when you have a lot of people, it's just difficult sometimes for like the marketing team to remember that they've got, you know, either a promotion planned or they, they've, you know, we had an instance, we had a client where we had a fantastic marketing department. They were so creative and they were constantly doing just amazing things, but pallets and pallets of brochures and inserts would show up at the 3PL and nobody had any idea what they were. And at the time it was a different 3PL. And so the 3PL didn't know what to do with them. They didn't notify us that they came in, so they would just store them. And ultimately, because there was no communication about what to do with them, pallets and pallets and pallets of inserts and brochures that the marketing team thought were getting added to orders ultimately just got scrapped because, you know, nobody communicated internally. It's always sales and marketing that causes the, yeah, just joined. That's funny, but true. I think where that does happen frequently, where sales and marketing is running hard, but just one simple miscommunication that doesn't get find its way down to the uh to the other side of the business it doesn't flow all the way through and it it can be detrimental so okay yeah good that's a that's good example so the you know the problem areas of just brands themselves outside of scaling and you know not necessarily wanting to dedicate their own resources to to doing what three pails can do what do you see as some of the other areas of opportunities that 3PLs can offer? One of the big areas is inventory management. As a small company, you know, you likely don't have an ERP system or any systems at all that have the capabilities of really tracking and monitoring your inventory levels. And a good 3PL is going to have a good WMS system who, you know, where they can really track your inventory live. They'll have a portal where you can see your inventories live. You can see that your orders in process. If you're involved in food or any sort of product that has shelf life, that is an added complexity that, you know, will really throw your company in to a tailspin if you're not staying on top of that and can get very costly. So, you know, again, a good 3PL partner who has experience in that and who has the systems who can provide that visibility so that you're staying on top of that is super important. I know we've talked um, where 3PLs can help, but any um, examples or good stories where you've seen just bad things happen in a relationship, things that have gone really, really south and looking back, what could have avoided that for people listening, particularly shippers that are listening to the podcast who are thinking about consulting engagement or a 3PL engagement, things that they don't want to have repeated. And they can make sure they jot down a few of their, uh, their thoughts as they're listening. What things have just really gone bad that you've seen in a relationship with a 3PL? 
Yeah, I think in most cases, the one that's really stands out most prevalently is it was a 3PL. Again, they their core area of expertise wasn't necessarily fulfillment, but you know they were doing a decent job. There was no communication, so the the client and their ops team had no direct communication on a you know like a weekly cadence. The only time they had any sort of calls or emails was when the, something went wrong, and the client called to yell and tell them how awful they were doing. So it didn't really set. The relationship up on a on a good note to start with, and then because they didn't have a very strong inventory process on their end on the three PLs, and when we did come in and, and do an evaluation and decided to move to Amware, the transition was a little bit challenging yeah. because when you do the breakup, you've got to do the breakup with grace. You know, you want to absolutely make sure that you treat people with respect and dignity, even though they may maybe didn't support your business as well as you would have liked, but still give people the respect that they deserve as they're, we're all just human beings and trying to do a good job ultimately. So the breakup went really, really well. But as we were starting to move the product to Amware, it became a little challenging because their inventories were so out of whack. We didn't know what we were getting. We requested certain products be transferred at a certain time and the product we got never matched what we had requested. The the quantities were all off. The pallets weren't packaged well at all. So a lot of damage arrived and that kind of thing. So, you know, I think ultimately the relationship was okay. But I think after that breakup conversation, if and when you have to have that with a partner who isn't supporting you as well, it's really important to continue to maintain and communicate and understand that their level of involvement with your brand is going to start to go down. So just be prepared for some unexpected things uh, in the transition. Yeah. And I, I agree with you on the breakup. Good people sometimes live in bad processes or in the wrong company, but yeah. you, you still work with them later down the road in your career, albeit not the same organization. Absolutely. So I'm really curious to pick your brain on, on this. And uh, I've been thinking about it before we had the chance to, to get on the podcast together. Despite different roles you've had in different companies that you've been part of, do you maintain any type of routine or cadence as it relates to your own personal way that you approach coming into work every day? Is it, do you have a, a particular day in the life or productivity tips to suggest? I find that to be kind of a broad and universal, but applies to fulfillment. Most people I always hear come on and talk about, hey, there's never, you know, there's never a light day in fulfillment. And uh, that's exactly what I'm trying to achieve is to get to a, where the every day is, is as close as possible. Do you have any productivity tips or how do you wake up and go about your day typically? So first of all, in, I've been in operations now for over 35 years. And I will tell you, there's never two days that are the same. <laughs> so if you can figure that one out. <laughs> that's, that's, my, that's my aspiration. Absolutely. Every time you think you got it figured out, I mean, tomorrow you come in the next day and there's a surprise, but that's also the fun part, right? That's why we're here. Operations people love to solve problems and we love to help. And that makes every day kind of fun and unique. My personal routine is I just like to start each day real quick, having my coffee and looking at my calendar. So I know what's ahead because I have several different clients that we're working with. So I can have a lot of different projects that we've got our, ourselves involved in. And 
you know, very simply every day I'm at dog park at 6am with my dog and I walk around dog park and I'm making that transition from my work and my personal life and my home life to starting to think about what I need to do that day and identifying my top three. I've always told my team at Callaway when I was there every day, make sure you identify what your top three are, your top three priorities, because we're all very, very busy. You can't get everything done in a day, but make sure you at least identify your top three and get those done. Yeah, very good advice. And it doesn't matter how complex or how simple it's, it really does sometimes come down to, to, to that simple uh, calendar cadence. Yeah. So any closing type of advice to the listeners, Tracy, on on how to get just most of their fulfillment operations? If, if you could you have a captive audience and shippers that are wanting to, to move into a 3PL or current you know, fulfillment partners, what would you tell them? Like, if you really just want to maximize the relationship or the experience, these are the couple to your point, your one or two, three things that you would really focus and and prioritize. I think going back again, I think that the most important thing is pick a partner, a 3PL partner who has, you know, they have a, you're going to know right away if they have a great team, they can provide a dedicated support team for your brand. But if they come to the table and they are even in the negotiations, they're beginning to act as if they are just an extension of your brand. They're part of your team. They see your brand as part of their team and their brand as well. That is extremely critical. And then again, those, those ongoing communications, even if it's about silly things that you don't think are going to be important, I think that it's absolutely critical. And, you know, again, the team with Amware has been, in my opinion, one of the best groups to work with that all of the brands that we've we've engaged with you on all of the team they have blown me away at how they have come to the table and brought ideas to help us be better so you can tell they're really thinking of themselves as part of the brand and those weekly check-in calls are so important even if it's again there's not a lot going on it's just an opportunity to thank them and show gratitude This episode is sponsored by Amware Fulfillment. Amware is a third-party fulfillment company that provides pick, pack, and ship services to established direct-to-consumer brands. With fulfillment centers in every region of the U.S., Amware supports one- to two-day ground delivery to 95% of the country. In short, Amware takes care of everything after the click. Learn more at amwarefulfillment.com. I really appreciate that, Tracy, and it's reciprocated back. It's a uh, uh, true partnership, and I sincerely appreciate the time today and, and uh, you carving out, extending some of that insight and wisdom to the listeners. Tracy, if, if somebody wants to get in touch with you or just know a little bit more about uh, Pacific Business Group, where can they reach out? Uh, is there a website or uh, any contact information that's available? Uh, sure. Our website is pacificbizgroup.com. And you can also look up my LinkedIn profile under Tracy Springstead and LinkedIn. Excellent. And we'll get uh, this information listed, of course, for the listeners. Well, thanks again, Tracy. I appreciate it. And this concludes our episode of Unboxing Fulfillment, the modern B2C podcast. Stay safe, everyone. Mm-hmm.